Hi, welcome back to PH Expanded. This is Mike McDonald, and what a delightful time I had writing that piece today, and hopefully you enjoyed reading it. Um, sorry that it was super long, but you know, when you've got a, a lot of happy things to say, I don't suppose you care to read happy things. So, okay, now wanted to do today's uh, short podcast, slightly different format because the transfer window is coming up. And so I just wanted to focus on the transfer window and some thoughts um, and such that I uh, have come up with. Uh, as I said in the piece, I'm writing a, a transfer blog, but I've picked out some uh, some players from different positions that I think Arsenal might be interested in, or I think they maybe should be interested in, and take a a consideration to wanted to talk about that mainly but first of all here's a thought I had a thought today after I actually finished writing the blog which is a shame because I could have included this thought that if a big European club let's pick one out um, Bayern Munich if you found out that they were interested in Aaron Ramsdale Tomiyasu, Ben White, uh, Nuno Tavares, Gabriel, Thomas Partey, Emil Smith-Rowe, Gabriel Martinelli, Bucky Osaka, and I could probably go on, Martin Odegaard. I don't think you'd be surprised. I don't think that, that we would be surprised that these players are gaining interest from the elite of European football. And I'm not wanting to scare you. I don't know anything. This is just a random thought because it makes me so happy that we have come from a place of such great disappointments back in August to a place where I've just named probably 11 players that could play in one of the elite teams in Europe. Now, you may disagree, and I'm not saying that, for example, Tomiyasu would knock Kimmich out of the team. That's not the point. I'm just saying that these are players that are arguably good enough to play at that level. And yet they play for Arsenal, and there's a lot of them. Now, are they reliable enough? Is Thomas Partey, you know, more reliable than uh, Goretzka? Maybe not yet. He had a great game yesterday but maybe not yet. But talent-wise, he is. And if we see consistent improvements off the back of what we've seen recently, same with the young players, are they the, the type player that would go into a Bayern Munich first team? Would they be trusted because they don't have the record of 20-goal seasons behind them? But they could have. And they would be buying them for their potential. Arsenal, I think, are on the precipice, aren't they? I think we might look back at this period and say that's where it started. Some of you may look back at uh, this time last year, exactly this time last year, when it started, when Emil Smith-Rowe was put in the team and then things started to change as far as trusting young players. But there clearly is something happening at Arsenal. 
And unless we get a slew of injuries and bad form, bad luck, things, these things can change and happen. They have recently. Arsenal looked like they could seriously be a contender next year. Just my opinion. And I think if you consider what I said about those players and whether the elite in Europe would be interested, let's pick another one, Gabriel, our centre-back. Manchester City want to sign him. Let's say they don't. But let's say they did. I won't be entirely surprised. I might be surprised because they don't need that player right now. They've got some good centre-backs. But is he good enough to play for Manchester City? I think he might be. I think he probably is. Huh. Okay, moving on to the transfer talk. And it looks like Ainsley Maitland-Niles will finally get his loan... And I'm sad about that. Can't pretend that I'm not. I thought this January would be the <clears throat> perfect opportunity for him to solidify himself in the thoughts of our coach because I think he's good enough to be in our midfield rotation. But I don't know what's been going on and why he hasn't been trusted to be our uh, third option in midfield. Seems a little odd to me, but again, without knowing what's going on in the background and how much he's pushing again to leave, perhaps... Or maybe there's attitude, who knows? Or maybe it's a promise. A promise for a certain amount of minutes up until this point that he didn't acquire. And so he's gone to the coach and asked if he can uh, move on. But I'm disappointed in that. Not disappointed in the coach and the club necessarily uh, because I trust them and I cannot not trust them after six signings going incredibly well and right for them from the summer. And so I'd be a fool to say that I don't trust the people in charge of transfers with a six for six record in their last attempt. So we'll trust on that one. Uh, with the FCON coming up, I think that there has to be a midfield. I think everybody sees that, maybe even two, coming in, whether it's short term or long term. And I think that the club would love to bring somebody in long term just to get them ready for what could be a quite explosive year next season if Arsenal could start off the way that they're playing right now. Uh, what will be interesting is who becomes available because there isn't the World Cup this summer. So you don't have those, well, that large group of players that are sweating right now because they're not getting the minutes at their club, but they want to play in the World Cup. They've got a few more months, uh, what with the World Cup being in the winter. So there may be less transfers overall as there are less players itching to get out right now if that makes sense. Okay, so wanting to go through a short list of uh, names I've put down that I think may um, spark your interest. So we're going to start in the central midfield and a name that's popped up in the last few days is the all-around box-to-box uh, central midfielder at Bologna, where we got Tomiyasu from, Matthias Svanberg. Now, uh, with the success of Tomiyasu, I'm wondering how our club feels about the development of footballers at Bologna and whether there's a common thread there and hence why they're maybe a little more than interested in Matthias Svenberg. Now, when I say a box-to-box -box midfielder, that's more of a, a thing from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, I think what I mean is he's a versatile midfielder who can play from box-to-box -box and have impact. He 
He's big, strong, tall, athletic, quick, agile, player that seems to have a great uh, defensive contribution, super fast feet, great passing range, but effective in the other end as well. Seems to be dangerous on the edge of the box. Um, a very interesting purchase that one would be. And it would fit in age-wise with the profile of player that they've been looking at in the young 20s. And you can't imagine that guy would come in and slam his fist down and, and demand to be a first-choice starter at Arsenal. So we would have time to develop him and help him learn from the Arteta textbook, so to speak, and the, the, the textbook that the other players have taken a while to get a, a, in their groove. And that would be a good choice, I think. Go check him out. Of course, there's talk about Renato Sanchez. And I think most people agree on this one. If you've watched Renato Sanchez in the last couple of years, you agree that he is frighteningly good on his day. And he has those days close together. Don't remember the guy who came to Swansea. But then you could remember him and think, well, can he cut it in England? And that's fair. But I think that the common thought is the concern over his long list of injuries, and that's fair. But I wonder if there's a loan or even a purchase being set up because he's a slightly different profile of midfielder. He's the guy that wants to bring the ball into the final third, create almost like a double pivot with Martin Erdegaard um, and bring the ball and combine that way. That's his best quality, is his ability to turn, twist and be gone. And that would add a very interesting string to our uh, proverbial bow. So, a couple of others. Tyler Adams is a very interesting thought because he could do two things for us. He could back up our central midfield. He plays there predominantly for the United States. Um, and he is also a right-back. Plays. I think, I think his career has been almost 50-50 for the United States and Leipzig and the teams he's played for, right-back and, and central midfield. And they're two issues that we have. We need a better backup right-back and we need another central midfielder. Okay, and then the last one I want to throw at you is Wurtz at Bayer Leverkusen, and some lucky team is going to get him. He will likely not be there next season, and of course the likelihood is he goes to Bayern Munich because all the best German players normally get snaffled up by Bayern Munich whether they want them or not. They just have to keep dominance. They don't want the better players going to the other teams. But Florian Wurtz is uh, flying right now. Go check, check him out and... Um, he would be a, a fine acquisition. Okay, so moving on to the strikers, and this is where you're going to probably tune out because you think I've lost my marbles. But here we go. This is not going to happen in January, what I'm about to say. But I've been wondering for a little while if it's ridiculous that Arsenal will try and pursue Erling Haaland. Now, a couple of months ago, that would have been ridiculous because there's no way that he's coming to a team floating around in eighth who's been eighth the last two seasons. No way. I totally agree. However, right now we're not. We are looking like a team capable of coming third or fourth. If you were to put your money in one of, in 
one or two positions in the Premier League that you think Arsenal will come based on what you're seeing right now, I'd say we'd say third or fourth. But we will battle with Chelsea, if we can keep this up, for third and fourth. Okay, so that puts us back in the Champions League. Now, that still doesn't make us elite. Haven't won anything big for a, a long time. And there's going to be far bigger clubs than us wanting him. No doubt. And lots of them. No doubt. However, if Arsenal looked like they could be the next big thing, and I know that sounds crazy because we've just been swimming in eight, eighth again recently, but that's not what's happening right now. And these are all ifs and buts, but if Arsenal continue to progress and show consistency in high-level performances, which is what we're starting to see, if we're being truthful, I know we're scared to say it out loud, but there's a a buddy of his that already plays for us who may have a lot of sway. I don't know. I guess you don't know either. But Martin Erdegaard already has a relationship with the guy on the field and off the field. And if he says to him, hey, I know, buddy, you've got bigger offers, maybe some more money. But this is where it's happening right now is at this club and this club is going up. And I don't think you'd have to convince him. I think it's the truth. And I think also, if you put him in our team, he might be the final piece that helps us challenge. He's that good. So, you know, sometimes players who are transferring forget that, that they want to look at the current team and wonder if it's good enough for them and forget to implant themselves in that team and think, well, if I was in that team, how much better could they be? So I don't think we need to sell ourselves short. He's got a buyout clause, so he's going to have to leave Dortmund. For, uh, it's in the 70 million range. So that's not going to be an issue so much for Arsenal. What will be the biggest hindrance, I think, will be uh, apparently he's wanting a big, big, big salary. And I don't blame the guy. And would Arsenal go above 400,000 a week, which is what this is going to be? Maybe five, 600,000. I don't know. I don't know. But there has been rumours that in the future we're not going to be buying a big bulk of players come this summer. We're just going to try to find a couple of elite players. Huh. Huh. I just think Arsenal may try. And I think my final thought on that is I think they have a chance. I'd be surprised. If they got him, I think we all would be stunned, and I would be too. But if I was the club, I think I would try. Why not, right? Okay, that was a lot of time on one player, and I've got a lot more. So this is going to be longer than 15 minutes, but here we go. I think that um, in January, maybe the best idea, considering Lacazette's form, is to find the player that we need who's happy to come in in the short term. Now, again, you may not agree with this, but if you don't want to disrupt the team too much and you want to find somebody who's got the ability to connect like Lacazette, which we like, and work hard like Lacazette, which we like, but have some physical presence so we have an outball against the bigger teams, uh, some aerial threat in the box, then I've just gone and described Olivier Giroud. Ooh, I know that's weird. But he has 
for the first time in years not been included in recent French squads. And I know that the World Cup isn't coming up, as I said, but I don't know how much longer he can go without playing. He's played a lot of seasons at Chelsea, now he's at Milan and he's not first choice. And there's a need for him at Arsenal. He has the skill set that we don't have. So a short-term loan, interesting. Divock Origi. People don't ever want to talk about Divock Origi, but he has that awkward habit of scoring important goals. And he's more physical, a bit taller, bigger. A bit more of an all-round game than Lacazette. So I'm not saying he's better than him. He's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none, I suppose. But there's a player in there. Joshua Xerxes. I think might still be on the books of Bayern Munich on loan, but you could do something like um, forget about trying to p purchase the player that you want to buy now, which I think Arsenal want to buy Dusan Vlajevic, if we're going to talk that way. But if you can't do that now, go get in a younger player that can offer you the profile that you may need off the bench this season. Again, a big, strong, athletic, fast, good in the air, good at hold-up, and go buy him and not worry about the summer because he's... Not going to be your first choice next season. He might be second or third choice. And this is a player like Xerxes, who was lauded as one of the most promising Bundesliga players a couple of seasons ago and has fallen off the radar somewhat, but there's an awful lot of potential there. Um, the, the player that I think that the club may go back in for in the summer um, is, is uh, Tammy Abraham. I wonder, and I think we all wonder, how English players settle when they go abroad because there's been a history of the answer being not very well. Uh, and I think if he was offered a chance to come back to London and play for his boyhood favourite club, uh, I don't think you'd rule that one out either. And I think he might be ideal. So a few things to discuss and consider. OK, let's move on. Wide player. If if we do try to get rid of Pepe in January and cut our losses there, then here's a few options. I've got a sneaky suspicion that the club are going to try to get Serge Gnabry. He's out of contract in the summer, refusing to sign a new contract, and Bayern Munich are very close, apparently, to signing Rafinha from Leeds. Same position. Hmm. Serge Gnabry never had a chance to prove himself at Arsenal. What's his personal motivation? We don't know. But it could be that he wants to prove himself at the club that he never had a chance to. Almost guaranteed goals there. That would be a great signing. There's also a thought that he could be somewhat of a centre-forward. You watch Manchester City sticking a different midfielder at centre-forward every single week, and they're scoring goals. They might not be leading the charts, but they all seem to put the ball in the net. So I think we have to move with the flow of what's going on here and see our connection of our coach with Manchester City and with Guardiola and what he's doing and how he's evolving and revolutionising the game and all the time, maybe this new trend will be something that we see at Arsenal, is a guy that, quote-unquote, isn't a centre-forward and does some different things in a completely different way to confuse centre-backs around the league. And Gnabry can put the ball in the net and talk about consistency from a wide position. You want to go find consistency, you go straight to Bayern Munich, who for years and years have picked the right wide players who consistently provide in product. Okay, so Maximum's a bit of a dream. Don't think that's going to happen. I wrote his name down because I love the individuality and the ball-carrying ability and a lot about him. His character is fantastic, but I think they'd be nuts to get rid of 
their star man right now because he's one of their only chances to, you know, encourage incoming players at Newcastle that they have a hope. But I love St Maximum. Noah Lang, I think Arsenal have some interest in. Uh, Bruges, uh, just broken into the Dutch team, can play on both sides, which I think will appeal to Arsenal. Both wings, very skillful, two-fitted, technical dribbler. And here's an interesting one for you. Does Di Maria fancy having another stab at the Premier League? You know, he struggled at Manchester United. Don't think he enjoyed Manchester. We're not Manchester. Different place. So he's struggling this season for playing time. And I was discussing with, I think it was Mike Hers a while back, and we both agreed that Di Maria might be the most underrated player in Europe. Always seems to have a consistent end product. Another versatile one. Okay, moving on. Hmm. Right backs. Do we need a backup right back now? I don't know. I mean, if we got one, we'd be happy. And I loved what Cedric did the other day. To be fair, he, uh, as an overlapping fullback, was rather dangerous. Well, here's three names for you. Okay. First of all, I've got Serginho Dest. Barcelona are needing to sell. Serginho Dest is not in the team right now. I wonder if there's pressure from the owners to have a American influence in the team, a poster child. I'm sure that they would love that. I wonder if that's why Tyler Adams was linked a while back. Um, but Serginho Dest, when you watch him play, looks like a winger that's been transformed into a right back. And he was. And so he's a good defender. He's a bit of a razzle-dazzle going forward. I don't know if we have one of those in the Premier League who is step over City when he gets in the final third. But the guy's very, very good at it as well. It's very fluid and natural. So you, there's a skillful option. Hence why he's played a lot of games for Barcelona. You don't get to play for that team. And I know that they're struggling now, but you don't sign for that club ordinarily unless you have all kinds of potential. I think the Barcelona fans would argue when they look at Luke de Jong, but anyway. Masraoui, Ajax is running out of contract in the summer. A lot of people have liked him recently, and he's going to be free in the summer. Could we cut a cheap deal for him? Very nice athlete. And then I talked to my piece about Brandon Williams. I, I think that people are going to be surprised as to where he ends up. You know, he, of course... Played quite a lot of minutes for Manchester United. when they weren't doing quite so well. But he was keeping bigger names out. And every time I watch him, including yesterday, I just see a very focused, modern, tough, quick, strong athlete with versatility. And I think a lot of those, those things speak to what Arteta is trying to make Arsenal into. So, OK. Last group... Not sure this is going to happen in January, but I'm not sure if Bernd Leno is going to push to leave now or if there's an agreement that we'll do it in the summer because that'll give him, you know, three months to get back into the Germany squad. But if he pushes to leave in January, three names. Sam Johnston, fine goalkeeper, I think. Um, liked him for many years and I think he's fully deserving of his place in the England team. And I think he would, uh, I'm not saying he'd push Ramsdale out of the team, but he's plenty good enough to be second choice at Arsenal. Kayla Navas, who is 
starting to be elbowed out at PSG who have both him and Donnarumma. And I think many people will say that Kelly Navas has been poorly treated as a goalkeeper and disrespected over the years because he was flying for Real Madrid and then they bought Courtois. And then he was flying for PSG and then they bought Donnarumma. And he must wonder what he has to do to be considered good enough and first choice in the long term. But I wonder if Arsenal could go for him. Last one, a goalkeeper I've always liked. Uh, I watch a lot of Bundesliga. I thought this guy was older because he's been around a long time at Cologne, which is Timo Horn. And so he's only 28. A uh, very brave, strong, um, quite intimidating goalkeeper. And so I'm wondering about him for second choice. But listen, we've gone over the time that we normally spend on these podcasts uh, together. And so I appreciate you listening. Go check out some of those players. Don't consider me completely insane for talking about Arsenal going after Erling Haaland. That's not for January anyway. But of course, all of this is interlinked, isn't it? If if Arsenal are going for a certain plan in the summer and feel like they've got a chance, it affects what they will uh, attempt to do in January. Okay, well, God bless again. Um, thank you for listening and, uh, and reading. And uh, Happy New Year, because next time... Uh, I uh, will have a podcast out, I suppose. It's going to be in the new year. Have a great one.